You're listening to a University of Kentucky College of Arts and Sciences podcast. Allison Harnish is a PhD candidate in UK's anthropology department. Harnish recently received a Fulbright grant to conduct research on the environmental and economic ramifications of displacement and resettlement in southern province, Zambia. The project was part of an ongoing study involving several other social and environmental scientists, including UK professor Lisa Cliggett, her advisor. You recently went to Africa on a Fulbright. Where did you go? I went to Zambia, which is in south-central Africa. I was there for almost exactly one year. I left in February of 2010 and got back February 2011. What were you working on while you were there? I was there to study how uh, changing environmental conditions might be differently experienced by men, women, and children on account of gendered and age-based divisions of labor. It probably would be important to tell you that there are about 60,000 Gwembe Tonga, is the name of the ethnic group we're discussing, who were evicted from the shores of the Zambezi River in the late 1950s when Kariba Dam was built. At that time, there was an established anthropologist who'd done work in Zambia already among the same language-speaking group of folks, but in a different part of the country, who was commissioned to begin this assessment, whereby she and another researcher so she's Elizabeth Colson, this other guy's Thayer Scudder, did a before study talking to people on the shores of the river and then followed those same villages that they had worked with after. Several years down the road, my advisor and a second cohort of researchers was brought in to continue this assessment in the relocation areas. Many years later, another cohort was kind of brought in. Students of my advisor and her peers were brought in to work in yet another relocation site where people have since moved. This time it's on the periphery of one of the largest national parks in Africa. Did you just participate and observe, like, hang out with them, or did you do any interviews? Well, I sure did a lot of hanging out, but I also did interviews, and I've made a couple of trips. I was invited to participate in this study by my advisor when I was granted admission into the anthropology program. That's when I really did most of my hanging out, when I was trying to kind of get the gist for what life was like here, and I was wanting to investigate a problem that people were experiencing. A problem I'd noticed was people were talking about declines in soil fertility since they've been there. And another big thing I did was mapping exercises. I wanted to not just talk to people about changes they'd seen in the environment, but try to somehow have something visual that I could represent the changes with. And fortunately for me, again, There was a team of researchers who'd already done a pretty grand analysis of environmental change using aerial photographs and satellite imagery and primarily like ArcMap software. So I had a map already for me when I went out into the field of this four large village research site. So two villages in the east, you see a lot of these bare patches of soil. And in the west, you still see a lot of forest cover. And these zones actually line up really well according to political boundaries, which, you know, matches the story of migration where these two villages were established first. One was later and the other one was going on simultaneously, but in a less populated area. So I want to just basically use them as like a control and experiment group where I'm doing interviews in both sites and comparing the stories that people have to tell about the environment. And then doing these mapping exercises whereby I'm actually following people as they're walking 
through the bush to gather the resources that they use on a regular basis. And then just comparing the distances that people in the east travel versus the people in the west, but then also men versus women across both areas. And the whole point of that is to complicate what we know about the gendered effects of environmental change. Anthropologists more and more have kind of taken up the task of critiquing these one-size-fits-all interventions, um, especially in you know, development and environment. And this is a case where I was kind of trying to do that, complicate these very romantic notions about women that are now more and more pervasive in development and environmental discourse. So to assume that it's as simple as women experience change this way and men this way is really problematic. How many people lived in these areas? The same folks who produced these wonderful maps have conducted a survey of about 650 migrant households. That's just people who live in this area who we can trace back to the Gwembe Valley who were part of that original eviction. There's thousands of others who have since come seeking economic opportunity. So there was a 650 household sample, and from that I took a subsample of about 100. And then from that, for the mapping exercises, I did 20 households. Were you able to conduct interviews in English, or did you have interpreters? I had interpreters. Basically what I could do is I could sit down, introduce myself, tell about my research program, maybe somehow get a joke of sorts in, and then I would have like exhausted my Tonga, and then we'd have to switch. So these amazing research assistants would be riding with me you know, an hour and a half in some instances. Thank goodness they were, because I would get lost. After a while, you start to see the differences in people's homesteads and in, you know, certain species of plant life. But at first, it just all looks the same. It's like tree, cow, hut. What do you hope to accomplish with Mm -hmm. the research that you've done? You know, I'm a cultural anthropologist. Within that niche, I'm, you know, I do ecological anthropology, studying the relationship between humans and the environment. But for my work, I am not trying to understand the human-environment relationship as how do humans affect the environment. In this case, it's kind of the other way around. I want to know how environmental changes affect men, women, and children differently. And I feel like the results that come out of this, while you certainly need to be cautious, and anthropologists are always ringing this bell, you can't extend information from one part to the whole world. And that's why anthropologists, so much of their research now is geared towards critiquing policy, whereby there's a one-size-fits-all model for implementing a program. So there's that, but I think also at the same time, stuff that can be learned from this study does bear lessons for rural peoples elsewhere in Africa and potentially elsewhere in the world, but you have to be really cautious. But if nothing else, I hope to kind of remind people of the importance of not stereotyping or lumping without consideration one group of people all together. Thanks for listening, and thanks to the College of Arts and Sciences and the Department of Anthropology for making this podcast possible.